This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Hey, everybody, it's Kyle, Danny McBride on 10 Questions, and he shows up exactly like you want him to. We talk Kenny Powers, Righteous Gemstones, working with Clooney, working with Will Ferrell, an absolute legend. Here we go, Danny McBride. This podcast is scheduled for 10 Questions. Fighting out of New York, standing at 5 feet 11 inches tall, and wearing... The red, white, and blue trucks presenting Kyle Brass. Thank you, Bruce Buffer. You're the best. Thank you for everybody listening, everybody watching. God damn, I'm excited for this episode for a lot of reasons, not the least of which is I used to live a few blocks away from the Burbank Holiday Inn where this guy used to work. But he is a legend. Uh, before we get him in here, you know how this works. Everybody gets 10 questions, each question worth one point. You leave here with a score. It's not just chit-chat. You get a score, and we'll see what this gentleman's score is. Before we do, before we introduce him, we had somebody call this guy out. The great Adam Devine came in here and got a six out of 10. Then we said, Adam, anybody in the world you think should come into this dojo and wage combat against me in this show? Who should it be? And he said, this guy, take it away. Danny, come on, do it. See if you could beat six out of 10, my man. I dare you. He's busy though. He he runs the whole show at Righteous Gemstone. So I don't know. We'll have to get him when he's... Uh, when he's pushing the the press junket no up doubt. the hill, no. but uh, <laughs> but yeah, I want him to come do the show. It was really fun. He's pushing the press junket up the hill. He's here. This gentleman, let's get him in here. At his wedding, a hotel manager found his tuxedo in the pool the next morning. His own toddler once saw a picture of Lionel Richie and thought it was him. He is that kind of legend, and he is the tour de force energy behind the Righteous Gemstones season two. Coming out Sunday, January 9th on the home box office with back-to-back episodes. Danny McBride, welcome to 10 Questions. Thank you very much, Kyle. It's a pleasure to be here. And it's a pleasure to take Adam Devine's challenge and slam those six positive questions in his face. I'm about to beat the record right here. Let's do it, brother. It's simple. We'll get right into it. As we get into the 10 questions, Danny, I want you to know that should you be shit out of luck and you have no answer to the question, you do have a lifeline. The lifeline here is called Ask a Millennial. We have a real living, breathing millennial in another window, and we'll bring his ass in here and see if he can help you out. 
It's fantastic. Let's roll. Danny McBride, this is an honor. Danny, your first question, your first category is armed forces. Armed forces question number one. Okay, here we go. Danny McBride, which branch of the U.S. military says oorah? Uh, that would be the Marines. He says the Marines, and he says it rather quickly. Is it right? Goddamn right it is. That is one point from McBride. Danny, I ask you about that because growing up, your parents, your mother and your stepfather worked on a Marine Corps base. And I find your childhood fascinating where your sense of humor came from. Specifically, I'll just level with you, dude. Your R-rated sense of humor, the the TNA, the, the F-bombs. Where did you learn your love for that kind of humor growing up? Because I, I dig it. Uh, you know what? I'm a kid who grew up on cable TV and both my parents work. So, you know, you just <laughs> just watching things that you are not supposed to watch. Uh, yeah, I always have been fascinated by third rails ever since I was a child. I read that you used to look through the old TV guide and nobody listening could even understand what that is if you're too young and find the movies that were like flagged for nudity and then record them on a VHS. Is that true? I, I would. And my parents didn't know how to work the VCR, which people probably won't know what that is either on here, depending <laughs> on how old they are. But I had figured out how to like set the timer. So like this shit would all happen under the cloak of night. No one would ever know. I would record a manual six at one thirty in the morning and it would turn off at three thirty. Might get home from school and then invite my friends over to watch the scrambled uh, signal of tits and ass. It's so good because <laughs> I listen, I was an Emmanuel in space guy. I was a red shoe diary guy who was like, Danny, who was like, um, who, give me a couple of your hall of famers that like really exposed you to the wonderful world of eighties TNA. Is it Shannon Tweed? That was back in the day. She was great. Yes. And she was always on cable all the time. Uh, for sure. That, uh, and then I mean, basically like any, I mean, any sort of horror movie or teen comedy. I mean, like that was just, that's what you watched all those movies for, you know, that was it. So funny to me to think of the the McBride family VCR coming on at two fifteen a.m. and that stupid tape going and running so they could record a manual. It's <laughs> so fun. All right, Danny, you're one for one. All right, that's great. You got your, you got on base. It's a base hit, but we're moving on now. Question number two, no relation to the first one. Your category is kissing. K i s s i n g kissing. All right, Danny. According to legend. Kissing what famous stone will give you the gift of gab? That would be the Blarney Stone. His last name is McBride. It better be right. Is it the Blarney Stone? Two for two, baby. Two for two. You feeling good? I'm feeling this. I feel like I only got to get four more and I can tie divine. That's all. No. Then if we beat him, it's all a plus. You yeah. Know? You're going to dunk on him. And then we got to get Goodman on here to see if he can beat you. But, but hold on a second. I'm asking about stones. Of course, the Blarney stone. Cause I'm talking about the gemstones Sunday, January 9th. It's back. You're all over it. Of course. Um, I think the righteous gemstones has one of the f- best beginnings of any series ever. The ridiculous scene <laughs> in the wave pool. Amazing. And I got to tell you, having seen the first episode of season two, it's become a thing. The way that you guys start seasons. I can tell you have a blast doing this, Danny. Tell me about why. Uh, you know, it's kind of awesome. We've, we've worked with HBO now, obviously, for a long time. And they really just trust us and sort of let us 
go for it. So when we pitch them something like we're going to China in a wave pool, they don't bat an eye. They just uh, say, okay, good, good luck. May God be with you. And uh, this season of gemstones was, uh, was not any different. I feel like we pushed ourselves to deliver a season that is bigger and, and badder than the first season. And all the creatives that we work with from our production designer, Richard Wright, to our costume designer, Sarah Tross, uh, our DP, Michael Simmons, like these people are all just bringing their A game and we're just like making them use every bit of creative juice they have to throw it all on the screen and make something wild. It shows. It's hilarious. Have you had, because the, the freedom to do whatever you want, it comes through when you watch it. Because you're watching like, God damn, they let them do that? It's awesome. Yeah, there, <laughs> is there ever been anything, Danny, where, you're, where they're like, mm, we love you, dude, but nah. <laughs> You know what? Not really for content, like sometimes for production costs, you know, but we're like, just, just trust us. We can pull it off. We can pull it off, but they're actually pretty good when it comes to uh, letting us just kind of go for it. Like, I don't think there are a lot of, uh, there's not a lot of, uh, of things that HBO says no to, which is why they're an awesome place to work for. It's the best. And it's a perfect segue for me. I, you know, I like everybody else have watched HBO shows for years and obviously Eastbound and all before that. And after that, some great characters in Gemstones. Danny, take this into your personal life. If you, uh, you're a younger man, you're 25 years old, you're going to go out and just get hammered with any HBO character off of your show ever. Like any HBO character in the history of HBO. Like who's your crew? Who are you going out drinking with? I'm talking about all of my, anyone from any of the shows any I've been HBO on. Any HBO show ever. Like for example, like ever. I'm going to go out, like I'm going out with that little Tyrion Lannister from Game of Thrones. Cause that guy can drink under the table. He's into the crazy stuff. He's into the women, like whether it's Sopranos or Curb or anything like who's your crew. Yeah. Well, Tyrion Lannister for sure. And then I would even not to go into my own well, but I would invite Ashley Schaefer. Uh, he would come, uh, he would come out with us as well. And then I think I would invite Carrie Bradshaw from Sex and the City as well. I think that'd be a good little trio of, of wingmen and ladies to just go out and rip it, rip it up. Not Samantha, not the Kim Cattrall character. You're going Carrie. We're going to go Carrie. Yeah, we're going to go Carrie Bradshaw. Yep. She's got a lot to say. I'm going to go Carrie. I'm also okay. going to throw in, um, I think it'd be fun to get drunk with Pauly from The Sopranos and then The Deep Pole. Yeah, of course. They used to do those real sex shows and those people were freaks on those. I think that would be an adventure too. That's kind of posse we're putting yeah, together. Yeah, bring all, bring all of those. Anyone that was in the polyamorous relationships, they can all come to. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll rent out a spot. We'll let them all come in. They can do whatever they want. <laughs> Let's just keep rolling. Let's keep going. Let's stay okay. in a group. Question number three. I don't know if this is going to be a wheelhouse for you or not. Danny McBride, star of the Righteous Gemstones. Question number three, your category is pro wrestling. Okay, pro wrestling. Danny, in Rocky Three, the major motion picture Rocky Part Three, what character did Hulk Hogan play? Hulk Hogan was in the movie with Sly, played a very memorable character. What was the character's name? I don't have it. All I keep thinking is Clubber Lang, but that's Mr. T. Clubber Lang yeah. was in the same film, and that was Mr. Yeah. T. Hogan shows yeah. up. He's got a ridiculous name. So, Danny, do you want to punt? Do you want to go for it? Or do you maybe want to bring there's, in the millennial? There's no way a millennial will know the no answer. Way. So I'm going to save that. I'm going to save, save that it. millennial. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to do you want to take a knee and give up? Or do you have any any anything firing in that in the old brain of yours about who Hulk Hogan might have played? 
No, if I have nothing, I'm All gonna right. take a knee. Let me. See. I wonder if you know it. When I say it, I wonder if you'll know it. Hulk Hogan's character in Rocky Three was Thunder Lips. Any memory? Would have never got that. God damn. Okay, good. <laughs> that might be better because if you knew it, maybe that would have driven you crazy. <laughs> this Thunder is how lips. the show works. Thunder Lips. He was like the perfect man, and he wrestles Sly, and it's batshit. I'm asking you about Thunder Lips because. Um, you know what I watched about a week ago? I watched Tropic Thunder and it's been a long time since I've seen it. And I had read something where you're in it and you play this demolitions expert and you had this quote where you're like, I was forgetting my lines because I couldn't believe I was actually in this movie and not watching it. I know you'd built up some success at the time, Danny, but like, was that the biggest trip ever to be in there in that movie on that set? It was, it was insane. I mean, you know, I started, uh, you know, I made the movie The Foot Fist Way with my buddies, yep. and that was like in, in 2005. And so that came out at Sundance in 2006. And so after that, I, you know, is when I first started getting acting jobs. And Tropic Thunder was 2007. So, I mean, I had barely been around and barely been around anyone who was famous in my life, but let alone in any sort of career. And uh, that was like movie star camp. I mean, it was just some of the biggest and baddest. And it, it was, it was wild to watch it all go down. It was fun. Because probably a lot of time with Nolte, right? Like you, you, were you and Nolte hanging? Like what kind of hang is that for a young McBride? We were, we were <laughs> for, like, the young McBride very much enjoyed Nick Nolte. He, uh, <laughs> yeah, we were on the same schedule. Our, our characters sort of go down the same path in the movie. So while the rest of the crew was like, you know, up in the jungles shooting, uh, Nick Nilty and I were just like relaxing by the pool, drinking Mai Tais and, and snorkeling. It was incredible. <laughs> so McBride, Nolte, Mai Tais and snorkeling. And then, you know, Stiller <laughs> and RDJ are doing the heavy lifting. Um, it's a crazy movie to look back on, of course. Like, So when you go to the premiere, you get to go, I'm assuming you got to invite and you got to go. Yeah. Are you guys sitting there? Cause you're not in most of those scenes. Are you sitting there being like, Holy shit. What is Downey talking about? And he's, he's this, he's the, <laughs> I'm a white guy playing a black guy. And he's, he's, he's the whole monologue about the R words. And like in the 2021 world, it like, it makes your head spin. But at the time were you guys like, what is this shit? <laughs> you know what? It was, I think for me, I just, you know, at the table read when they, uh, when everyone was together to read that script, uh, it just seemed ballsy. You know, I've always liked R-rated comedies and it seemed kind of incredible that they had crafted something that a studio was going to pay over a hundred million dollars to make. And it definitely felt like at the time, like this is a moment in time, like they don't let people do this. And it was awesome. And I think there was enough intelligence behind it that, uh, that I think stuff that really could have been off-putting. I feel like they, that Stiller was able to land it, but that's just my opinion. Others might not think that, but that's what I think. <laughs> Did you ever get to meet Cruz? Uh, I met him at the premiere, but uh, none of his, we, all of his stuff was filmed in Los Angeles. So I, I didn't be, I didn't get a chance to meet him, but I've always uh, admired the man. Hell yeah, man. I know you're a big top gun guy to meet Maverick at a party. Like what's your entry line? How do you even talk? <laughs> you know that's that was very young McBride, so his entry was just like blah 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 blah, just like <laughs> sweating profusely. And <laughs> well, not here, Danny. You're two out of three. Let's get back on track. This category is fun for you. This okay. is going to be called. This is called name the movie. I'm going to play a clip from you from a major movie. I think you've probably seen it. Let's see if you can nail this. Is about a ten to twelve second clip for your third point and four questions. Danny McBride, name this movie. Favorite non-pornographic magazine to masturbate to? Good, Good housekeeping. housekeeping. If you were a chick, 
who's the one guy you would sleep with? John, John Stamos. Stamos. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. What do you got? That is the classic Step Brothers. He says very assertively Step Brothers. He calls it a classic, which I respect. Ten questions, gods. Is it Step Brothers? How good is that movie? So funny. So good. You've worked with Farrell, obviously, extensively. McKay, that whole brain trust. You said that your experience with working with Will Farrell was probably the hardest you've, time you've had keeping from laughing during a scene. It's an incredible power that he has when even when I just look at his face, I'm already laughing. What is it about Farrell? God damn, he is so talented and being funny. I think that that's what it is. Like he does. He has one of those faces that it makes you laugh when he doesn't even open his mouth. And then the fact that he can open his mouth and spit such incredible action out there. Yeah. It's like a deadly combo. Uh, he is so, so genuinely funny. And I feel like it's in his eyes too. There's something about his eyes that uh, if I ever in takes were to look into them, my core would melt down and I, uh, and I would ruin the take. That's what, that's what would happen. <laughs> Don't look into Farrell's eyes ever. It's like one of those yeah. movie sets. Don't look me in the eyes because you'll ruin the take. Let me give you a hypothetical, Danny. You're walking down the street in Charleston and a Cadillac pulls up next to you and two guys in pinstripe suits with machine guns put you in the car. These are mob guys. And they say to you, McBride, we're doing a movie. We want to do a comedy. We want you to direct it. And if this movie is not funny, if our boss doesn't think this movie is funny, we're going to kill you. Here's the catch. You can have any three people in the world be in this movie. We got all the connections. And it doesn't matter if you've never met them before. We will get them in the movie for you, this movie to save your life. Danny, who are the three people you're putting in the movie to keep the mob guys from killing you just because of how funny they are? You know, I'd put, uh, I'd put Will Ferrell in there for sure. He's in. Got it. Uh, I would put Edie Patterson in, who is, uh, I feel like, one of the MVPs on Gemstones and Vice Principals. She's so genuinely funny and makes me laugh every time I'm around her. So I'd throw her in there. And then the third, the ringer, I'm going to go with people I know because I need to know that they're yeah. going to deliver. I'd probably throw Walton Goggins in there. Cause yeah. he's pretty fucking funny. Tell too. us why. Tell us more. He's amazing. Yeah. Walton is just one of those incredible actors that he's not only so good, but he is so funny and his, uh, his mannerisms, uh, his delivery, he just constantly makes me laugh. I love watching him. Unbelievably talented guy. He's done stuff in drag before that he like totally pulls off. He can do any character, any accent. That is a hell of a lineup. I think that that movie saves your life. I, I really do. And I, I don't know what it's going to be called. So. And there's, I heard there's going to be a cameo by uh, Sarah Jessica Parker as Carrie Bradshaw. She's going to come in at the end in a Cosmo. It's going to be hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> yes, perfect. Meanwhile, Danny McBride, we're already at the halfway point. We're cruising. Um, number five, you are three out of four. Category is power. In 2016, what surpassed coal as the number one source for electricity generation in the United States? It used to be coal. Well, I'm kidding me. 2016, it was coal. Coal had a long run. And then okay. something passed it in 2016 as... This is how Americans make their electricity. What source? And we do have the Ask a Millennial, if you think they might know this kind of thing. Let's ask a millennial. I have a, th I have a thought of what okay. it is. But I Get him in here. All right, this is young Richie Bozek. Richie Bozek, he's always a little nervous, always a little hit or miss. Richie, say hello to Danny McBride. Danny, it's so great to meet you. It's an honor. 
Good to meet you, Richie. What do you know about power and electricity? <laughs> Hopefully enough. Let's um, find out 30 seconds from McBride and Richie to try to make some magic. Again, it was coal until 2016 where something else passed it to make electricity. Guys, 30 seconds. Go ahead. What, what was your thought? What are you thinking? My thought was wind, but I feel like that probably okay. isn't. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> what were you going to think? Wind, gas? Yeah, I was thinking uh, natural gas. Yeah. Okay. Gas natural or, gas. I mean, solar power, the sun, maybe? Mm-hmm. We oh, got solar. Solar. Yeah. Okay. You, you want what is solar? That? Yeah. What do you think? Do you think it's solar? Uh, yeah, I feel good with solar. All right. Okay. Danny, what do you want? Uh, I'm going to follow this young, intelligent millennial's advice. Richie, I'm going to go with your solar. All right. Richie says solar. Danny says solar. Is it solar? It's not fucking solar, guys. I'm sorry. Danny, once again, the millennials have led you. You know what it was, Danny? You were on it. It's natural gas. It's natural gas. Natural gas. What do you You have to say to Danny? What do you have to say to Richie? You know what? We tried our best, Richie. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. We tried our best. That's all we can and, do. You know, that's, that's all we can do. We're not going to beat ourselves up about this. There's still a chance to beat Adam Devine. So we're going to just put our chins right. up and keep moving yes. forward. Next we're one. three out of back. five. It's exact same pace. Thank you, Richie. I'm asking you about power sources because um, I, I, I love Mr. Kenneth Powers. I love Eastbound and Down. Do you miss Kenny Powers, Danny? Do I miss him? Uh, I don't miss. He, you know what? He's there. He he uh, he's still there. I talk to him nightly sometimes when my kids are misbehaving. I'll go up into the attic and mm-hmm. speak to him and get advice from him. So he's still there for me when I need him. Um, I know what you mean, and and he's also there for a lot of the fans on the internet. There's a huge a huge supply of. Um, Kenny Powers quotes out there. Best of Kenny Powers. Kenny Powers motivational speeches. I'm interested to see how well you remember any of these, Danny. I got a couple of them that I pulled, <laughs> all right? So what we're going to do is we're going to play the beginning of a quote, and I'm going to see if you can finish it. These are Kenny Powerisms. First one, we're at the Shane Dogg's funeral. You've already walked in with the candle box. It's absolutely beautiful. And uh, you see if you can finish this line. You say this. We also watched a lot of cinema films together. We loved the movie Top Gun. And oftentimes, we would joke with each other. Who was Goose and who was Tom Cruise? Well, now that Shane is dead, I guess we know. <laughs> I guess we know who Goose was, or I guess we know who's Maverick, right? As well. Play it, play it. Goose play it. I guess we know who is Goose. Oh my God! Shane is Goose because in that motion picture, Goose dies. So, <laughs> so good. All right, let's stay hot because this is so fun to look back. At Kenny, and you talk to him in the in the attic when your kids misbehave. Let's talk to him again now. Now you're at a table. Speaking of kids, you're with a table, and you just learned that the baby at the table was named Rose after the character from Titanic. And let's see if we can finish this Kenny line. Go ahead. Her name is Rose, named after Miss Kate Winslet in the movie Titanic. <laughs> you all named your daughter after fucking Titanic? It's Cassie's favorite movie. Oh, wow. You gotta be shitting me. <laughs> what do you got? What'd you name, what'd you name this one? Fucking Shrek? <laughs> play it. Play it. Play it. What's his name? Fucking Shrek? <laughs> How do you remember that stuff, man? It's amazing. It's all here. <laughs> you got these things. And maybe it's just because they're so goddamn funny. I think it's because I wrote them. So they're all they're 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 melded into my brain. Um, 
Let's push it. One more. This is you. You're meeting the school principal who brags that he, you know, he also likes to stay in shape like your other athletes. Go ahead. Listen to this one. I happen to be training for a triathlon right now. So doing a lot of running and uh, cycling, swimming. Well, you know all about that. (laughs) No, actually, I don't. I play real sports. Not trying to be the best at exercising. (laughs) Danny, you got him. Play it. Not trying to be the best at exercising. Oh my God. It's so good. Is that, does that feel like seeing an old friend? It does. It does. Uh, but my voice, I hadn't hit puberty yet. So my voice is different. <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah. It's so good. And uh, I, I love seeing that character. We love Eastbound and Down. We love Rice's Gemstones. And we love Danny as we now finish our final five questions. We're going to try to beat Adam Devine. You're three out of five. We got to pick up the pace. Question number six. This is right where you live, McBride. You're going to love this. Your category politics. Not like you think, though. Here we go. Okay. Danny, the first George Bush, not not W, but his father, George H.W. Bush, who was his vice president? Dan Quayle. Dan Quayle? You mean to tell me you think there's a vice president whose actual name was Dan Quayle? Could that possibly be right? Fucking A, it's right. (laughs) Dan Quayle. Did you wake up this morning thinking you're going to talk about Dan Quayle, Danny? I was only hoping. I was hoping that I would be able to. I, and we got it. I ask about vice presidents because I love vice principals. I love it. Like all the other things you've done. Tell me um, if someone has never seen vice principals, like what would they get when they turn it on? Uh, they would get a punch in the face. I mean, that show <laughs> that show takes no prisoners. Uh, we were trying to follow up Eastbound and Down. We wanted to know what was going to be our next show. And uh I don't know. There was something about we were still so in the mindset of being on Eastbound that I kind of thought it would be better to kind of like pick a show that was going to have a beginning, middle and end and not get into something that was just going to keep going on and on. So we came up with this idea for vice principals, this sort of contained story that was just about this quest for a job. And uh, we wrote it all at once, all 18 episodes at once and shot it all at once. So we had finished shooting it before anyone had seen anything or heard anything and uh yeah it was fun it was a fun way to make make a show dan i go back to the kid who's who's taping the nudie movies in the middle of the night and and his vcr and i look at some of the stuff you guys are doing on gemstones how do you come up with ideas and i know that's like a kind of a trite question but like are are they coming to you while you're just while you're while you're in the shower while you're walking around your day Where, where do they come from for you uh, it's all about just keeping my mind open, you know, any, anywhere from, I could be dropping my kids off at school and see a bumper sticker on somebody's car that makes me laugh or walking in the grocery store and overhearing a conversation. Uh, yeah, I just sort of try to tune into what's happening in the world around me and then just call it for, uh, you know, for material to, to populate some kind of strange world. It's really good, man. And what's what's populating your world right now is your four for six. We move to question number seven. Let's finish this thing hot, McBride. I, I, I'm I'm rooting for you. I love Divine, but I think you can take him out. Question number seven. We only have four left. Your category is Wild Kingdom. Wild Kingdom. Danny. Okay. What is the largest living reptile on the planet? Largest living reptile on the planet. And it does have something Uh, to do with you or your career or your life, I promise. Crocodile. The crocodile. All right. Crocodile. He says crocodile, not alligator, not uh, 
that dragon thing that's in the James Bond movie. Is it crocodile? Yeah! Fucking A, it's, it's, crocodile can live up to 20, it's going to grow up to 2,200 pounds. You're going to love why I'm asking you about this. Do you have any idea why I'm asking you about the word crocodile? Maybe you're inquiring about the uh, Super Bowl ad I did with Mr. Chris Hemsworth, where we almost made a sequel to Crocodile Dundee. I love that ad. I've seen that ad. And Margot Robbie was in it too. It's not about that. It's not about that. It's actually, I almost fell off my chair when I read that you used to work at the Crocodile Cafe in Burbank. True. <laughs> My other crocodile gig. Yeah. Yes, I did work. I was a waiter at the Crocodile Cafe. Yes. I used to go there. I'm not kidding. Like, I lived off Glen Oaks in Burbank, like, for years when I was trying to be an actor. And I would go to this, like, kind of shitty off-brand Rainforest Cafe knockoff Crocodile Cafe. And you were waiting tables? I was waiting tables. I was heating up those delicious rolls that they that they would deliver with the tortilla soup. Uh, I lived right down the road from there. I lived in that apartment complex, the Promenade, that was like right next to the to the Holiday Inn, and so that was my stomping ground. I was all over Burbank. That Gordon Biersch, I couldn't I, I couldn't be stopped. Gordon Biersch, hell yes, I would go to <laughs> Gordon Biersch and the Holiday Inn. I always ask this question: When you're warming up the rolls at Crocodile Cafe and you got all these, you know, ambitions, what would have been your definition of success in Hollywood? Like what, what was like, man, I made it if I can do this. You know, uh, probably afford rent that month. <laughs> <laughs> what was rent? What, what, what so rent were you paying, you think? You know what? That, then I think we were really stretching ourselves. This was in 1999. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we like lied on our application to like look like we all had high paying jobs. And it was like four of us crammed into a two bedroom apartment that was like 1500 bucks a month. And we still never paid rent on time <laughs> with all those assholes. We still couldn't like put enough money together to, uh, to not avoid late fees. So when you're trying to not avoid the late fees and you're working at the crocodile cafe, if there was no part of you is like, you know what? I'm going to make shows for HBO. I'm going to direct. I'm going to act like that's where I'm going to be. And I'm not going to rest until I get there. Was it that kind of ambition? It was, you know, I would, uh, I moved out to Los Angeles with a bunch of my buddies from film school, a lot of the same guys that I work with now. And, uh, yeah, we would, we would, uh, we, I just go to work and then come home from work and write all night long and then sleep in the next morning and then go back to work and, it was uh, it was really helpful because it made you, even though I wasn't doing anything to further my career when it came to like serving sprites with no ice uh, <laughs> at nighttime, I would uh, I would uh, I would work on what I was doing. It was a nice escape. And I felt like uh, I don't know if there was something in me that felt like I wasn't going to give up. And so it was just a matter of like having a job that didn't make me want to kill myself each day. And I still would have enough energy to uh, to want to write and create. It's so cool. I'm so happy for you. And I love your stuff so much, including obviously Righteous Gemstones. Sunday, January 9th, back-to-back episodes on HBO. Don't miss it. You're five out of seven. You haven't caught uh, you haven't caught Devon yet, but you did just pass Bill Pullman, who was the president of Independence Day. You've already done better than him. So that's pretty fucking yes. good. Three questions left. And you're going to love this. It's time to rock. It's time to rock, Danny. This is Finish the Lyric. I'm going to play you a piece of popular music. And much like with the, with the Kenny Powers, it's going to stop on the lyric and you have to say what the next lyric is and I, I gotta tell you I dug deep in the research for this and I know you're gonna like this song and I just hope you can finish the lyric here we go Danny McBride finish the lyric I need you tonight cause I'm not sleeping 
that makes me sweat. Rocket! Hell yes! In excess! <laughs> Give me that shit! That makes me sweat. Oh, I'm sweating right now. Um, I love In excess. Tell me why. I, I always, I always loved them. That was one of the first concerts I ever went to. Was In Excess Kick. I know. I found that nugget. I'm like, oh shit! I love Kick. I love all that Suicide Blonde. I make you sweat. All that. Here's why I love them. Because you're sitting here, you and me, in 2021, and we're saying, yeah, man, I love In Excess. I think it's awesome. It's not, you know, Drake or Adele. It's In Excess. And there's something about you that is very secure as a dude and a dad and a husband that I really relate to. Um, how is life like at home right now and being your age in this era? Like, what's it like? How, how are you having a good time? I am, man. I, I have a, I have a 10 year old son and a seven year old daughter They're They both make me laugh all the time. They're funny. And uh, yeah, life is good right now. I, I'm enjoying it. I dig it. I like, uh, I'm just like a weirdo though. I, I've always like, kind of been fascinated with like getting older. Like I, I kind of like, like it. I think like I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for my hair to go white. I want to just like, look like fucking Mark Twain and I'm ready for it. I like it. I feel like the older you get, the less you have to care about shit. And I, and I'm ready for that. I, I hear you. And it, the music thing is funny because like, I don't know about you, Danny, but like my music evolution stopped when I was like a senior in high school. And <laughs> like, I listened to the same stuff I did then. You told an anecdote on a late night show that, is every dude, every, every parent, dad, husband, whatever, where you're like, you're kind of loath to make new male friends. And I think that's so <laughs> unrelatable. Like, I just want to stay at home and be with my wife and kids. And I got some old high school buddies I text with, but like to go out and make friends is so exhausting and so hard. I don't know what to do. What's it like for you? Uh, you know, I'm lucky. I moved to Charleston, South Carolina, and a bunch of the guys that I work with all moved here with their families as well. So I do have a nice little posse of, uh, of familiar faces and I've met a few new friends here, but uh, yeah, it just, you realize how much energy friendships take, mm -hmm. you know, that it, mm -hmm. it, you know, you gotta be cool and you gotta want and people gotta want to hang out with you too. So you can't just like go out and be fucking yawning while everyone's drinking beers. You gotta have that energy. You gotta be ready to rock and roll. Yeah. And it's also, especially you, 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 Famous guy, funny guy, like you got to be like cool on the text chain and have like the right gif and all that <laughs> shit. It's a lot. <laughs> it is so exhausting to just to come with the perfect gif or meme. It's I know. exhausting. All right. Well, I, you know what? I cannot wait to the stage of your life where, when you are Mark Twain or Doc Brown from Back to the Future. You're going to rock that look, brother. <laughs> yes, I will. <laughs> all right. State of the nation. Here's the deal. You're six out of eight. We have two questions left. You just passed uh, Aaron Andrews, the Fox Sports intrepid reporter. So you're six of eight. You have two left. You have tied Adam Devine, your co-stars on The Righteous Gemstones, season two, Sunday, January 9th, back-to-back -back episodes. Danny McBride is a treasure, but can he finish? Don't put up no brick now, Danny. Let's finish this right. I'm going to give you a treat. Question number nine, your category, hot men. Hot men. Here we go. Who was named... The sexiest man alive in 1997 and 2006. Uh, I'm going to say Brad Pitt, I think. Wait, hold on, hold on. Okay. You can think about it. 97 was killing it, and then 06 again 
a repeat champion. You don't get a lot of those in the Sexiest Man Alive competition. Who do you think? Think out loud for me. What do you got? Oh, you know who this is. This is Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey, a former uh, contestant on this show. I think he got a 7 out of 10, which is what you would have if you get this right. Yeah, I've heard Pitt. I've heard McConaughey. Danny, can I have a final answer? I'm going to say McConaughey. All right. Sexiest Man Alive in 97 and 2006, Danny McBride says Matthew McConaughey. Is he right? right. You're going to be pissed. You're going to be pissed. I hate this for you. You know who it was? It was Clooney. It was George Clooney. Duh. It was George Clooney. Well, what can I do? I slept on Clooney. I blew it. Why did you go McConaughey? What what was you had a light bulb over your head for McConaughey? Why were you so certain? You know what I was trying to think, and I was thinking like, when did Time to Kill come out? And I'm yep. like, I know that was like the the mid '90s, and then uh, yeah, I don't know. And then and because he is yeah. one of the sexiest men alive, you Super know, sexy. like he's he, every year in my book. <laughs> every year recount. Um, I can only do what People Magazine gives us, Danny, and they gave us Clooney. You and he in the movie Up in the Air, honest, real acting, moving stuff, you know, as much as you do like a lot of physical comedy and really hilarious R-rated stuff that we've touched on that I love. I was watching that scene again with you and he in that classroom and he comes in and tries to talk you into the wedding. I was genuinely moved by it. What do you remember about working with Clooney? What was your Clooney experience? Uh, You know, like everyone else, like I've always been a big fan of his and he just seems so charismatic and cool. And, uh, you know, that scene was the very first thing I did on that movie. So I like landed the day before did a fitting. And then just that was when I first met George was right then as we sat down to do the scene. And uh, he was awesome. I mean, it was like it was a lot of fun to do that and, and to work with uh, with Jason Reitman. I mean, he was yeah. so kind and Melanie Linsky, like everybody in that movie was was just really cool. And yeah, I, I had a good time on that film. It was nice to be on something that wasn't just relying so heavily on filthy improv and to just try to like uh, to pull heartstrings. It was uh, it was fun. So you don't there's no uh, offsite rehearsal that you and he have done. You didn't touch base. We're going to be in this movie together. You walk in. Hi, I'm George. Hi, I'm Danny. Let's go. Yeah, that was one of the biggest adjustments I think I had when I got into making your know, acting in films was like, you know, just trying to put yourself in check as you meet these people that just like a few years earlier, you're like watching on TV. And then all of a sudden you're thrown into a scene with them. I remember on heartbreak kid, uh, meeting Ben Stiller the same exact way. Like we're just starting the scene and then like, you know, there is, there's Ben Stiller and it's, you know, just wild. Someone I've been a big fan of. And then you're just sitting there in a scene with them, hoping you don't, uh, that you don't blow it. Uh, I remember when I met Bill Murray for the first time, I was on, uh, that movie Aloha and a Cameron Crowe movie. And I had to, uh, I did, I, I was in a scene and I like walk off camera. And when I went off camera, like to where the crowd was, uh, Bill Murray was just standing there. And he's like, hello, Danny, I'm Bill. Nice to meet you. And it was just like, shit. Okay, here we are. <laughs> and then what's the secret? You just like try to play it cool. Like how, how do you do it? I mean, that, that's, I guess what it is. Just trying to be a nerd. Just try not to, uh, just try to form sentences and, and, and just realize that these people are just people. I know. Well, it's, you know what? They're it's even stranger guys. now. It's even stranger and harder now because a lot of times, like you and me, like you meet them when this stupid little window opens up and you're talking over a goddamn computer. I've had to do that a million times and I always get nervous. Have you had that too? Like Zoom encountering with a co-star or somebody you've never met? 
so far, not in the world of Zoom yet, luckily. Uh, but uh, I know it is strange, isn't it? How we're just thrown into these situations yeah. and we have to be very comfortable. And, uh, but you know what? Now, this has not been a stretch. It's been very easy to do that with you. You're very good at this. Oh, thank you, buddy. Thank you very much. It could be that you know what's coming, which is why you paid me a nice compliment. And here's the scenario. Danny, you're down to your last question. You couldn't script it. Be fun. You're tied. You are at six out of nine. You've tied Divine. If you get this point, you beat him. If not, you just kind of actually, frankly, kind of faded into a tie because you were doing well. And here's the best part. Uh Question 10 is always entirely subjective. It's an essay in which I've found an opinion that you've given before, and I'm going to present you with it. You then have the floor to validate that opinion or explain yourself in any way you want, and I will judge if you are right or not. All right. Okay. Danny. At some point, this is probably back during the Eastbound and Down days, you had a three-word opinion that I think you shared with Kenny Powers. And here is your essay. Explain to me why you were right in saying, soccer is lame. The floor is yours. (laughs) You know what? You know, coming from uh, the world of Kenny Powers, like soccer is a team sport, you know, and Kenny Powers is a man that's about like standing on his own fucking two feet. He doesn't need a whole team behind him. He doesn't need to fucking pass the ball and dribble the shit around. He's got the ball. He's the man with the arm. He can throw it faster than fuck. It's so clearly uh, a weaker sport when you're uh, when you're looking at it through that lens. You mean to tell Kenny Powers that if you touch the ball with your hand is a penalty? Like, get the hell out of here. That is absolutely right. Guess what? Danny, you get the point. You get a 7 out of 10. You've completed the 10 questions. You beat Adam Devine. Holy shit, that was dramatic. How do you feel, Danny? I feel incredible. I really do. I feel validated and uh, and very happy. And, uh, yeah, this has totally changed my whole holiday season. I love it. We love you. We love your Christmas tree. We love your beautiful stately brick walls. It's very Southern of you. Um, Danny, The Righteous Gemstones, Sunday, January 9th on HBO. Cannot wait. I've already watched it. Laughed my ass off. Couldn't believe the first 30 seconds of the first episode. It's fantastic. (laughs) One last thing before you go. It's really how you got here. Everybody, before they leave, they do a call out of someone to come in and try to challenge their score. You got a pretty nice sterling 7 out of 10. Divine challenged you. Anybody in the world, any public figure, Danny, that you want to challenge to come in here, who would it be? Talk to him. You know what? I'm going to challenge somebody who I feel like has a very big head, somebody who thinks that they know what's up, that they're the smartest guy in the room. But I'd like them to come on to this show and see that they're not the smartest motherfucker in the room that I am. And that person is Walton Goggins. Let's go. Bring it, Bring it. Goggins, you going to come in here and beat that 7 out of 10? McBride left a scorching trail. You better come with your A-game, Goggins. Bring it, Walton. Bring it. it. That is the one. And that is Danny McBride. God, this was so fun. I wish we had more time, but we killed it. We crushed it. We talked about Shannon Tweed and Carrie Bradshaw and all sorts of Crocodile Cafe bullshit from Burbank. Danny, you are so cool. I've rooted for you for a long time. I'm going to continue to do so, man. You're awesome. Thank you, buddy. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Have a good one. This episode of 10 Questions was produced by Arjuna Ramgopal, Richie Bozek, and Isaiah Blake.
This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 